Over their heads. A slant back header. Can't find the connection, although it stays in bounds. Another slant, header in! How about that? Zuchek from Brust. And the Dinos have the opening goal here in the 51st minute. Episode four of Dinos Unfiltered about to get underway here. As usual, Jeremy Lee, Max Sterling with me here again today. Um, great to have you here, buddy. I was just telling you earlier, I had some all-you-can-eat sushi. Fusion? <laughs> Kensington? Yeah. Went to the Kensington one. I, I'm closer to the Ranchlands one, the one up north northwest there, but they, uh, they're they closed for renovations right now. So I, I was on that note, I was going to say the, the one in Kensington is really bougie. Like, it, like, dresses up as, like, a really nice fine dining restaurant, and then you... You get in there, it's nice ambiance, and then you're just crushing like a hundred rolls, and you're like dying after. Yeah, and then the class is just erased <laughs> almost <laughs> immediately. The second you stand up, oh. it's gone. Assuming you can stand up after that. Where's your favorite place to eat on campus? Oh man, that is tough. Um, yeah, now working on campus, I try to make lunch as much as possible because it's super dangerous. Just you know, you can spend 50 bucks a week minimum if you're eating every day. I don't know. The, the one that I go back to, I either go back to Bake Chef, mm. like the goat sandwich on campus. I think we can just say that. Um, and st staying on Bake Chef, they won. So the gauntlet last year, they put on a March Madness style bracket for all of the food vendors in Mac Hall. I think they included uh, Zoka, that place in ICT that does like, tacos or something but bake chef they they made it to the finals and bake chef won the popular vote i think it was like 80 percent to 20 percent like bake chef just destroyed in a landslide yeah, a landslide by bake chef and then on the other side korean barbecue because maybe i i think the biggest thing for korean barbecue is that best bang for your buck on campus oh, you, big portions you you pay ten dollars and you're eating effectively three meals like it's <laughs> it's insane so yeah, a bit. Those two are top notch for sure. There's a couple like A and W always. Yeah, grab a buddy a burger. You know, it's a staple. Yeah. But how about you? I'm right there with you. If I'm feeling super hungry, it's got to be the Korean. Um, but if I need something quick and I know it's gonna be delish, Bake Chef sandwich. You got to go with the uh, the Vietnamese sub, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. If satay beef all the way yeah, all day. Satay chicken for me. Oh, but <laughs> rookie. <laughs> You'll come around. Anyway, let's turn our attention to what happened in Dinos Athletics this past weekend as we start with Dinos football. The Dinos moved to 4 and 0 and maintained first place in the Canada West, a 20 to 7 victory over Regina. Uh the defense as per usual Playing a big part here and only giving up seven points in the victory. Yeah, another strong showing defensively. If And by no stretch did the Dinos have a bad offensive day. Sonagra threw for over 300 yards. He still put up 20 points. But yeah, another big defensive effort. Sometimes that's going to happen where, you know, you can, you know, get a lot of yardage on the field, but you don't get necessarily the contribution there. And you're going to need a defense to step up. And the Dinos did that. And 
a lot of ways over the weekend. Well, defense actually produced some offense as well Absolutely. as my boy Jamin Pelly <laughs> at a light 320 pounds rumbled in for a one-yard score to open the scoring for the Dinos. Don't see that very often. <laughs> I don't remember the last time that's happened. That's yet. scary. Pelly yet. That's scary if you're in his train tracks. What was uh, the NFL player, the Fridge? Was it <laughs> Refrigerator Perry. Yeah, Refrigerator yeah. Perry, that's it. Yeah, same same type of thing. And that's, wow, that's the, the uh, Twitter hit on that, the Twitter clip that got over 108 likes. So pretty pretty awesome stuff to s- start the scoring off for the Dinos. Jalen Philpot, 13 receptions, 138 yards. Uh, if you had him in fantasy this week, that would have been 20.6 points in half PPR. So a really good outing for him. But the receiving core just decimated. We were Absol- just talking about absolutely it. Absolutely destroyed. Beyond Philpot, they what do they have? A bunch of red shirts that have been forced to play. Like not that they're not skilled, obviously, but you know, it's it's crazy. Well, the experience see. isn't there. Yeah, the experience yeah. isn't there, and you know, you you come into the season preparing for you know the the core that you have in training camp, and then suddenly they're all gone. Like it's it's crazy. All I can say is the encouraging thing is that the Dinos will be getting reinforcements back uh, when the games do really matter. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. So up next for the Dinos, they have a showdown against the U of S Huskies at Griffith Stadium in Saskatoon. I would say potentially a rematch of last year's Hardy Cup, but really it's not because both teams have lost several key players. Yep. Yeah, it's a both teams looking completely different mm-hmm. and this is going to be the only time they play each other in the regular season, so it should be pretty. It should be a pretty de- decent measuring stick game for the Dinos, but yeah, not maybe not the same team dynamics and the same intensity as last year for sure. Let's turn our attention to Dinos field hockey, where hey, the Dinos pull out a tie against the Victoria Vikes Huge. on Saturday. Huge. Uh, and it was a wild finish as well. I'm not sure if you um, read up on it or caught up on it there. Um, with the finish to that Saturday game. A little bit. I know that okay. our, our previous guest, Birchie or Dashie or Jonesy, whatever. Whatever you want to call her. Jenna, Jenna Birch-Jones with the game tire late in the contest, <laughs> really late in the contest, but nevertheless a huge tie to start off their weekend. They couldn't quite carry that momentum into the following game. They were dropped 3 nothing, but nevertheless that's that's something Jenna did talk about both on the air and off the air is that they – they need these kind of games to, you know, pick little things and carry in momentum to the next game. And, you know, for their standards, a, a tie is huge. Honestly, it's a huge thing for them to add it into the stats column and move on to next week for sure. So for those of you that did not catch the tie game, um, here was the scenario. Down one, Dinos pull their goalie, Taylor Guy. They concede another goal, actually, but they stick with the empty net situation. Then a controversial goal comes up from uh, Fung, who uh, I believe the the ball was dead, or that so the Victoria Vikes thought. I believe so, yeah. But uh, essentially it was still alive, and so Fung put it in the back of the net, so shouts to her, and then our girl Jonesy comes up with a, or Birchie, Dashie, <laughs> comes up with that clutch goal off a short corner for the tie. So yeah, kudos to them. Yep, and by all accounts for, for Jenna... A bullet to tie the game. Oh. Apparently, her goal was just an absolute rocket and huge, super late, last chance for them to tie it, and 
they pulled it off. Up next, they get a bye for the weekend. Uh, then they head to Vancouver to take on UBC for a couple of games, which will take place the first weekend of October. Yeah. On to women's rugby. Dinos now 3-1 and one on the year after gutting out a 27-17 to 17 victory over the Lethbridge Pronghorns on the road, mind you. Uh, apparently that was a hostile game. Uh, both teams nationally ranked. Dinos at 8, Lethbridge at 9. Um, it was just a, a game of back and forth. Any thoughts from that one? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, going through the box score and, you know, jumping up to 3-1, and one, huge for the Dino squad. But if you go through the back score through the first half and second half, both teams alternated in scoring. Calgary, Lethbridge, Calgary, Lethbridge, Calgary, Lethbridge, and so on. With Calgary, the Dinos in the 74th minute, Cassidy Jones uh, jumped the lead from 27 or from 22 to 17 to 27, 17, and that was the last scoring. But yeah, constantly back and forth from an offensive perspective. And s yes, like you said, super chippy by all accounts from my herd. Well, I think the key was actually they closed out the scoring in the first half by Berlin Seselja. Yep. And then Kate Knight opened up the scoring for the Dinos in the second half. So there was no uh, answer. Yeah, from Lethbridge uh, <laughs> in between that, which I think made that distance. And then, yeah, they just pulled away with that Cassie Jones try, yep. like you mentioned. So and, and, and to your point, Jeremy, getting points both late in the first half and early in the second half, which was huge for them. So quick, you know, carrying that momentum from the first into the second and they didn't slow down. And that that second half try to start the to start the second half gave them a lead of 12. So. Pretty pretty big for them. Dinos travel up the QE2 to take on the U of A Pandas next at Footfield, whom they just beat on September 14th, 19-12. Uh, so they'll look to take another one from the Lady Pandas. Uh, women's soccer. Oh, What, do you, what do you say at this point? <laughs> uh, like seven, seven goals over the weekend, two clean sheets, five nothing over the Pronghorns, two nothing over the Cougars in the Crochelle Classic. Getting offense from everywhere. Kelsey McDonald had two in the in the five nothing romp, or five nil romp. Oh, I'm looking forward to this uh, women's soccer episode that we're going to be doing yep. in a few weeks' time here, Max. But five zero and one on the season, uh, they're looking extremely dominant. Like you were just saying, couple clean sheets. Uh, Leonard continues to rake, the top score in the Canada West. She's got seven now on the season. Uh, McDonald, as you mentioned, a couple of goals from her. Up to five. Taylor Dangerfield, who I personally believe has the best last name in soccer. <laughs> uh, she opened up the scoring in that Lethbridge game. Makuska also cashed in uh, on a penalty kick as well in the MRU game. So, yeah, a lot of scoring. And it's, it's nice. It's not just coming from one source, like you were no, saying. No, no. They're distributing the ball around quite evenly. Um, everyone's getting their, cha their chances. So, yeah, I don't know. Who would you give the top performance to? I mean, I guess Kelsey McDonald and, you know, picking up two Genos is pretty good. Um, but, yeah, if we're looking at the, the Crowchild Classic game, you got to give it to Montana Leonard. Like, you know, potting the, the game winner. It took a little bit of time, 54th minute, I believe. Montana broke the tie, but, you know, in a heated rivalry game like we learned about later on, both both from the women's and men's side, but in a – Heated game, Crowchild Classic, Montana broke the ice, and Dinos took it from there. So big ups to the women's soccer team. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are amazing.
Uh, next up for them is a game against TRU and Kamloops. They tied, actually. That was the one tie yep. was actually from the Wolfpack. So that goes down on Saturday. They'll want to come out, come away with three points there. Uh, then a date with UBCO on Sunday. Uh, and then men's soccer, f f uh, finally. Of course, <laughs> leading up, Jeremy, into our interview with team captain Cristiano De Carvalho. Great interview from him. It was really nice to get some insight. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah, on his background and, you know, his kind of development. Uh, being a really, as he described himself, really lanky kid to kind of coming into his own physically and mentally now as a team captain. And, yeah, he's, he's an absolute beauty. Really, really fun chat with him. And his team, they split the weekend. So they were able to take a nail-biter against UBCO, one nothing. And then the following, or they did they get a break the day after? They played. No, they played right oh, that away. Was the, that was the that was the women's team. Sorry. So they played right away, and uh, they lost against the Vikes four two. They did cut it close. They brought it back to three two, but weren't able to bring it to at least a tie. So. And just one thing of note: Dominic Zuchek with his uh, Canada West leading fifth goal of the year in that one nothing victory against UBCO that held up to be the game winner, um, but. Yeah, they come up short. No Zuchek available to them on that Sunday game against Victoria. Uh, but Declan Mommy and Sam Gagne with the markers for the Dinos. Up next for the Dinos, Alberta on Saturday and McEwen on Sunday, both at Dinosaur Field. Yep. Should be a couple of good games. Yep. Both looking, or the Dinos, looking for a clean weekend all around. They haven't had a weekend where they've swept yet, I don't believe. Yet, they have not yet, so... Oh no, that's not true. Opening weekend, they they beat Lethbridge and then Saskatchewan in back-to-back -back games, but it's been pretty up and down just from a wins-loss perspective for them. They're currently sitting at five and four, so hoping to find a couple big games against U of A and then against McEwen. So if you are unable to catch any of the Dinos action live in person, don't forget, you can always catch the games on Canada West TV presented by Co-op. And also, you can catch some of our podcasts where we'll be talking with current Dinos athletes, such as this case, where we sit down with Cristiano Di Carvalho from Men's Soccer, and we chat a little bit about uh, the, the weekend that was against Victoria and UBCO. So you won't want to miss that. That's coming up for you right away here. Thanks, Max. Thank you, Jeremy. Cristiano D. Carvalho on Dinos Unfiltered this afternoon. Great to have you here, buddy. Did I? How's the pronunciation there? It's perfect. Yeah. It's the first time I've heard it. Like pretty well done. <laughs> so congrats on that. Any uh, relation to Bruno D. Carvalho? No. Portuguese though. He's Portuguese. I'm Brazilian. Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. The yes. Yes. There's something there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, were you born in Brazil or were you? Yeah, I was born in Rio. Wow. Brazil. Yeah. When did you come to Calgary then? I came here when I was 12, so 10 years ago. 10 years. Because on the Go Dinos website, under your like player profile, your birthplace is listed as Calgary, and I was, you know, a little bit confused. But that's that's sick that you came 12 years old here. Yeah, you got to talk to someone. They got to change that to Rio. I don't know about Calgary. That's definitely Lance <laughs> Doucette's yeah, fault. Yeah, talk to Lance about that. Do you have a dual citizenship then? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my mom is Canadian, so oh, my okay. dad's side is Brazilian. Right. Yeah. So then you didn't really have a choice. You were playing soccer at a young age. Oh, yeah. Like Nothing else, eh? Hey? Nothing. In the streets, my friends, everything. Everywhere. It was soccer everywhere. So 
So you must have started when you were like three, four years old or something like I was that. Too young, like six. <laughs> <I was> six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. more six. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like serious. Just playing around with my friends and everything. It got serious when I moved to Canada, actually, which is funny. Canada's not really a soccer country, so. So what's the difference in the level of minor soccer now that you've kind of seen a bit of Calgary's and you also got exposed to what, I guess, uh, early age soccer looks like uh, down in Brazil? Well, in Brazil, they just let you play. They like you to be creative and have that, uh, they call it jinga in Brazil. So you just want to be be yourself and express yourself on the field. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Canada, it was more like, tactical and very like passing how to pass a ball i came here and i was like really good at dribbling but they weren't teaching that to the kids here they were just like very structured here in canada but i think the development of soccer in canada has gone like through the roof like it's gone so much better and like mm. so it's really good now but the biggest difference is just freedom of play i thought i thought in brazil they just let you play here it was very structured and and s sorry does that um does that apply both to an individual perspective and a team perspective like is it kind of in brazil as a team it's just go figure it out versus here where it's super tactical or is that purely just individual purely individual I think. Yep. yeah the team they need the coaches were there and everything and they organized and everything so but individually it was like that yeah very mm -hmm. different i was just gonna say that i love watching brazil play internationally uh because of what you just talked about the creativity the artistry on yeah. the field and you you don't really see that from a lot of other countries. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. The flash always pulls me in. Yeah. I have to say, though, that the finish is not quite there, though. Okay. Okay. We'll leave that alone. Um, so, yeah, what led you to play for the UFC Dinos anyway? Oh, man, that, that's actually a crazy story because I wasn't going to play uh, university soccer after youth. Really? I was not. I was not even. I was the sum, I was just graduating high school. It was a summer. Two months later, I was going to university. I was not even thinking about playing university soccer. But um, a buddy of mine from MRU, our rivals, right? Yeah. <laughs> he messaged me saying, "Hey, man, like, why you should play for the University of Calgary." I'm like, "Nah, like, I just wanted to go to school and study. I'm not thinking about that." He's like, "No, I know the coach. Like, he'll come to your next game, your new, your next club game. He'll come watch you." I'm like, "Whatever. What I have to lose? Sure, come out." So we were actually playing their team in the semifinals of provincials, provincial okay. like championship in, in Alberta. Yeah, and sure. And he was the coach for their team. Like this team was undefeated and stuff. But it was Southwest against Four Hills. I was Southwest, and um, we played. And I had a great game, and we tied zero zero against a team that hasn't lost. So it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. And um, yeah, he came up to me, messaged me after the game, said, "Hey, come to some tr trainings sessions." And not gonna lie, I've never played so good in my life. In that one week session, never. I will I'll never forget that. After that, it's been not that good. But <laughs> that one week was was something special. It was good. I played really well. And he, um, yeah, he came to practice one day with like a backpack with my name on it. And I was like, that I actually cried that day. That was really. I wasn't expecting was special, to be on eh? the, Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be on like a University of Calgary team because like the Dinos, you think when you're younger, it's like a big deal. Yeah. Never thought. And I still thank my buddy Justin okay. to this day about like for telling me go talk to the coach. Shout out play. Justin. Shout yeah. out Justin Lodge. MRU, yeah. So you do you get a new backpack every year? Mm, no. Okay. My first year I got and I haven't gotten a backpack since. <sighs> but it's cool. So it's pretty dated at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here you are in year five. Year five, crazy flies by yeah flies by yeah it's crazy I, I was curious about your journey here as a dino obviously coming into the team you know with like you said without much time to 
process it yeah. in many ways. And I'm yeah. curious how you have developed as a leader on this team because now you're really looked upon to kind of lead the team both whether it is driving the player just from a mental side of the game. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious what your process has been like from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, th I had great role models coming in. Uh, like Dominic Zator, he was our captain from year two to my year three, I believe. And like that guy was just an example by itself. Everything he did was just leadership on and off the field. And it was something I really looked, he was like a role model to me. And now he's playing professional for Calvary. He's doing great things. And I just try to bring what he taught and what I seen from him into my final year's captain. So just leading on and off the field and driving the players on and just looking at it. I just looked at, Z I just thought, what would Zats do in this situation? Or Dominic Russo, even those leaders back in the Robin Whitaker, all the old guys from, I just looked up to them and they, how they led. So that's what I looked up to. And Zats, as you mentioned, like he's been a monster for the Calvary. Beast, like, yeah. You know, whether you're looking at his overall play or his goal in the Canadian Championships, yeah. like it's pretty insane. So have, have you stayed in touch with him since? Yeah, I'm, I, I def sorry, I definitely messaged him like after the game because I was like, I know this guy. Yeah. I got to <laughs> message this guy. Look, guys, I know him. I'm texting him. He's but yeah, I messaged deal. him like, congrats, man. You're killing it out there. Like you've always been the role model. I, like, I told him everything. Like I always wish him good luck here and there in games because he was a big part of my leadership and also like as a friend also. So great guy. Okay, I just want to steer the conversation to what we were talking about before we got started here, just around the scheduling and the struggle that you have to go through yeah. playing back-to-back -back games every yeah. weekend, I believe, right? Yeah, we only have one bye week, and that's it, the whole like season. But every weekend, you're yeah. playing two games yeah. on a s either a f like mostly Saturday, Sunday? Saturday, Sunday, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess first off, how do you mentally prepare for I want to do mental and physical. Right. How do you mentally prepare for both games? Because normally, mm -hmm. I mean, other sports, they play back-to-back -back games as well. They play Friday, Saturday, whatever, like volleyball, basketball, they yeah. do that too. Yeah. But they only play one opponent. For you guys, you usually have to play two different opponents, which means double the preparation work. It's crazy. How do you mentally prepare for that? Oh, the whole week leading up to it, you got to think, okay, who am I preparing for? The Saturday's game against U of Vic, for example, or Sunday's game against U of A? So it's really difficult. I usually, throughout the week, I think, I look at their tapes. I look at the first game first. Yeah. The, who are playing first. And I, beginning to midweek, I look at their tapes and, like, see how their midfields play because I'm a midfield and everything. And then throughout, like, I guess Wednesday, I start looking at the Sunday's game. But it's the Saturday's game is where we play the best, I think, because we're more, more prepared for it because mm. we're thinking about it. The first game, first game. We only think of the first game. And when the game's over, finished, doesn't matter if we lose or win, we have to think, okay, boys, let's regroup. Second game tomorrow, and it's like it's a short time period to be able to mentally prepare for the Sunday game. Do you so. even watch video uh, for the Sunday game then? Yeah. Or it's like so at it's that really point? curious about it's that. Al it's like almost like like it's hard to like fully analyze completely wha yeah. what they're about. But Saturday's game is usually like our best probably game. Sundays we usually like just go out there and be like, okay, we played 90 minutes yesterday against a tough oh. team. Our legs are tired. Now we're going to play against the Sunday team. And I'm not making excuses because both teams have to do the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right? Everyone does that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But it's just tough for all athletes, I think, in this league. Yeah. Just play I've always been curious about how you handled that, too. And, like, yeah. even in the Saturday game, do you ever think about, oh, I still got to play 90 minutes tomorrow? Like, do you just oh, do yeah. you, do you hold back a little bit sometimes? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. after Saturday's game, you're just, like, so tired. Your legs are, like, cramping up. And then the next day, you're like, wow. I, in less than 24 hours, I'm about to play the same, like, game against a tougher, same idea. Regardless at the same level, right? Yeah, like, you have to compete just as hard. You have to compete. As, like, yeah, it's, it's difficult for sure. So then from a physical standpoint, what have you done to 
maintain your body so that you're not cramping up in that Sunday game, uh, mm. that you're still feeling as loose as possible, even though I know, yeah, you're on the back end of a yeah. two, two 90 minute games. Yeah. I have to give thanks for, uh, to Taylor Everdeen, our, our conditioning coach, that man know like all about injury prevention and, uh, the stretches and all the pre act we do during the week leading up to the games. It's very like injury prevention, like, and, uh, for example, we play a Saturday, Sunday game, Monday, we have off like today. And then Tuesday, we usually go into more of like a stretching session, real like, passing the ball around and Wednesday is the more the intense one okay but yeah Taylor just really prepares us physically like perf like a professional in, in a professional environment he's really good at that and then Friday practices are pretty pretty low, 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 low Wednesdays yeah. is the toughest one Thursday oh, okay. still tough but not as tough as Wednesdays and Friday is just like set pieces and taking corner kicks and stuff like that like, what's the difference, though? Like, you were saying it's tough on Wednesdays. Yeah. But what do you do on Wednesdays that you wouldn't do on a Friday? We usually do, like, a little fitness session in the beginning. He makes us do a couple runs, which is – no one likes fitness. <laughs> Never good. No, no one, one likes running. No yeah. one likes running, but we have to do it in soccer. So, yeah. I don't like saying soccer. I'm going to say football. Okay. Is this yeah, the real yeah, yeah, football? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of <laughs> you course. know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, he makes us run a lot in the beginning Wednesday, and then we do game, uh, game-like situations that are always tough. And then Thursday we go less running, but still game situation where you run a lot. And as a midfielder, that's something that you do the most because you're, yeah. you know, you have to come back in your in your own zone if you need to defend, and you're also in some ways counted on to score goals, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like it's how do you how do you manage that physical side of things? Like, do you when you have to run on Wednesdays, are you really given everything you have, or is it something where you're like oh, I gotta save my energy for the weekend? Man, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When you think about this, the weekend, you're like, oh, I have a Saturday and Sunday game, and Wednesday we're gonna run. I think on Wednesday I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna chill and like kind of run because Saturday and Sunday is gonna be the real running. But yeah, that's that's the that's tough. Yeah. Let's just go back to uh, you had just mentioned your buddy Justin playing for mm -hmm. MRU there, mm -hmm. and recently we just saw MRU they beat Trinity Western. Crazy. Uh, five nothing. Crazy. Did, did you see that coming? Hundred no chance. <laughs> no chance. We played the Trinity last week and they're like one of our toughest opponents. We've we've lost them in playoffs, I think. The five five years I've been here, we've lost them three times. So it's not good to play against Trinity. Right. They're a tough team to play against and for MRU to beat them five nothing, I was shook. That's a really good result from them. So leading into that though, uh how have you seen the rivalry evolve over your last five years uh with the dinos uh, versus mru yeah, it's always been a big robbery at the beginning uh, with the old guys like russo and zats and them they had a lot of buddies in the mru and there was a lot of beef going on we're going to beat you guys like uh pre-game like kind of banter between them and stuff it was i thought back then it was more competitive because mm. like just watching russo and zats and all of them getting at each other and then now, uh, like, I only have one friend at MRU, two or three friends at MRU, and the younger guys don't really know anybody at MRU, so the competitive is still there, but personally, to, like, a friend-to-friend -friend level, mm -hmm. back then, back in my first, second year, was insane. Like, we were, like, we want to win this game. We want to beat my friend who lives next door to me. You know what I mean? Now it's, like, no one really knows each other, so they're just playing for the, the school, I would say. Why is that? I just They just don't, like... I, I've been in Calgary. We have a couple guys from BC and stuff, yeah. and some of them don't know guys. Remember, you have like th four German guys who I've never right. met before. So there's more maybe international recruits yeah. or more outside of Alberta recruits, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before it was like we knew each other, so there's always like that friend rivalry, like oh we're gonna beat you, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But now it's more just like we gotta beat. It's a it's a, the rivalry is there. We just gotta beat them. Yeah, but it's not really per to the personal level. <laughs> I still have that personal level with Justin, so I mean, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And and sticking with that, I want to go back to Zats and Russo specifically because mm -hmm. in my limited experience watching you guys for the last three years, yeah. 
one thing I noticed in terms of commonality between those guys was their intensity. Oh yeah. They are insane. Nice. Both, you know, Zats obviously on the defensive side, he he's brutal to play against. And Russo, I've never seen anyone and I haven't seen a lot of football competitively, but yeah. I've never seen someone, you know, make their own space like Russo did when, you know, whether you're just sending the ball down to him yeah. and he finds that open space. So I guess how much of that rivalry building was related to the intensity of those two guys and just also in general like intensity as you've gone through the sport here yeah my first year coming in seeing russo that big man like the guy's <laughs> a brick house and zats and everything and it's just zats and in, it started in training sessions they got onto each other they were it was yelling screaming tackles flying in and it was just like wow the intensity is here they won that went bad and like you mentioned, Bruce and Zats in the game are just relentless. Those guys just wanted to win. They have that winning mentality in their head. They want to win. And I want to say Russo is by far the most dominant player in his position that I've ever seen as a player mm. in person. The man, I don't know how he's not pro. He should have. Is unlucky. But Zats for sure is like pro because he's class. But man, Russo was just those two guys were just machines. I've never till this day I've never seen quite like those two. So. Well, to your point, like Russo, when when he was around, it was almost an expectation that he yeah. was going to score yeah. every game. Right? Exactly. That's what, like every time he got the ball, people got out of their seats and stuff. Like it was every time he got the ball, it was just like crazy. Like he was going to score or do something because he just like you said, create his, he could create space for himself and he was a, just so strong and he would just bully kids around. It was he was just amazing. Hat tricks, two games. Like we expected hat tricks from this kid, yeah. and now it's tough for us to get a guy who gets a hat trick. So Russo's a rare commodity. That's for sure. But someone who has been doing extremely well this year is uh, Dominic Zuchek. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, t chat a little bit about what he's meant to the team uh, and what he's done for you guys this year. Yeah, Zuchek has been absolute class from preseason running. He's one of the fittest. He was one of the fittest guys coming into preseason. And he, he was one of the – he's a third year, right? And there's a couple of senior boys. But to me, he was like a senior. He was almost mm -hmm. like a five-year, the way he led. And uh, he just came in with this mentality that we can do this. We can win some games. We can – we can compete. I'm telling you guys, like, let's do it. And then once he scored the first goal, they just started coming because oh. once his confidence is up, the guy turns into a beast. So, yeah, it's tough. He got hurt on um, Saturday's game. Right, yeah. So we're pretty He wasn't available for Sunday, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah. available for Sunday. So we're pretty upset about that, but uh, he'll be he'll be back soon, a week or two. And quickly touching on miss. Sunday's game there, yeah. um, there was the one goal, I believe, the third goal that Victoria scored mm. um, where it might have been a little controversial because the player might have been offside. Yeah, and then the you saw the referees have a little conference. Yeah, and then they just signaled it was a, it was a good goal. Yeah, in that moment though, do you wish you had a challenge that you could just like maybe go back to video replay or whatever it was? It was. Like a VAR? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I watched the game over and I saw the guy was offside and yeah. the, the the ref in the middle called the offside. He had a and the guy on the on the on the, the linesman said come over and then the guy called offside but if there's var 100 percent offside yeah and in NCAA in the states they do are introducing var really so maybe that's something in canada they need to do soon who knows so you're you're all for var if if it's if it's good for my team that i support <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think it's good there's no like yeah it it's real if it's offside it's offside so sure. i think it's i think it's fair yeah right? yeah so because referees are can make mistakes too yeah once in a while yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a couple of times, honestly. Um, I want to bring up your coach, Brendan O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, before we go in depth a little bit, how would you describe him in one word? Intense. 
intense. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And yeah. to be honest, in my experience watching you guys, I don't want to know how many times I've heard him yelling your name with the extended O's like Cristiano. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> could you do an impression of him? Cristiano, get on the ball, son. <laughs> Run forward. Oh, the the stuff he says to the refs are pretty fun. I can't say it on the podcast, but well, like <laughs> like I, I was gonna say that was my next question. Like of the stuff you can share, and you know the same experience you have a lot more. But what's the funniest thing he's ever said to a ref? Because oh my god, him and Taylor are just you know a, a one-two punch in that regard. Yeah. And I've I've never laughed harder. At yeah. any Dinos event than being next to those two guys who's chirping like crazy. Yeah, Breno always, the classic is, uh, from Breno is, if a ref makes a bad mistake, is, ref, was you out last night? <laughs> and that's the, that's the classic one from Breno. But there's more, but that one is the classic. We all know that one. Oh, my God, that's that's too funny. Yeah. How about, how about Taylor? Taylor just screams very loud, and he gets into the refs. Like, refs don't like Taylor. I don't th- I can, I, I see, th- I don't think refs do like Taylor, but he cares a lot about the boys, so he gets emotional sometimes in game situations, so it's fair. It's all good. I wanted to chat a little bit about the different pitches in the Canada West. Mm-hmm. Are they all the same, or are they no. all different? They're all different. Oh, yeah, they're different. We go from turf, grass, bad grass, good grass. Yeah, it's pretty wet grass, like everything. Where's the worst place to play? Like, where's the one where you're like, uh, I I don't want to play. Yeah, probably to probably used to be varsity pitch. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad, but yeah, that was pretty bad. But now it's it's way better with this new field and everything. But probably the worst it the worst field and environment we Trinity. Really? Even yeah. though the the field, they're, if you're talking about pitch, their pitch is beautiful and everything. Okay. But just the environment, and it's always wet when we go there, and everybody, all the players are wearing metal studs. <laughs> And some of our players are not, and that is the bad environment to play in. We do not like playing Trinity. We the, do not. And your game changes with metal studs, hey? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we play there, like, I don't have metal studs. I should have learned the first game that to get metal studs after we played them because I was slipping like crazy. It was not. And those guys just had big metal studs, and they were just dominating. Yeah, we were all slipping around. Coming from Brazil, I, I, I'd be curious if you prefer to play in the heat. Uh, so how do you adjust to that? Because a lot of the games, especially once October rolls around, it's freezing. Yeah. And I guess I'm curious, how much does weather affect your personal game and just, you know, the team aspect as well? I don't think it, honestly, it, it, crazy as it sounds, it doesn't affect me as much. Like, I, I started playing soccer competitive here when I was 12, so I kind of got used to the weather. But right. there's some guys on the team that are wearing, like, triple Under Armours and they're freezing. Like, Dondre on our team, Bailey, that guy, <laughs> has everything on in warm-up. Like, he does not want to just leave his shirt. Then the ball's different too, right, when it gets below a certain temperature? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you get hit by a ball at a low temperature, man, that stinks. <laughs> That's not a good one. Not a good feeling. Yeah. I, uh, you know, wrote to a couple, uh, I'm not going to say who I want you to guess after the fact, but I wrote into a couple teammates, mm-hmm. um, to get some uh, more background info that we're not going to find on Twitter or on your dinos page. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so according to a couple sources, you have had a bit of a modeling career when oh you were a kid. My gosh. Can, can you attest to that? I, I was told it was for glasses or some telecom company down the, down in Brazil. Yeah, no, it was actually, oh, yeah, no, it was in Canada. It was in Canada, yeah. okay. Yeah, they were, they just contacted me, hey, we're going to pay you this much. And I'm like, man, that's that's a fairly good amount to be in high school. And I was like, sure. For, it was like $500 like in high school. And I was like, for what? Oh. 
And they're like, oh, just take some pictures with glasses. And I'm like, sure, I'm down. So I took it, and the picture was horrible. <laughs> and they got around on Twitter, and all my friends found out. And it was just a huge, like, yeah, joke and everything. All the soccer players made fun of me. Yeah, it was not a good time. But yeah. Do you still have those pictures? Nah, no. I hope they're, <laughs> they're long gone. They're, they're somewhere in my Twitter feed. I don't want to even look at that. Was it worth the 500 though? Oh, 100%. Uh, no, at the time, yeah, but not now. I would I like, pay five hundred dollars to get that. De- <laughs> I would pay five hundred dollars to get that deleted, or like not do that shoot. Hundred percent. Oh my god, that's too funny. Yeah. Uh, next one for you. So Nike sponsorship. So this this teammate of yours, he he told me that you claimed in first year that you were sponsored by Nike. Not true. Okay, I didn't say I was sponsored by Nike. My dad at the time was like he had a thing with this woman who was like a very high up in Nike. And she was super nice to me. She always gave me Nike gifts. So I'll, and I got free cleats. And I always like, I had these nice cleats coming into preseason. I was like, yeah, man. And I was, I was trying to be cool first year, you know, telling the first the fifth years, I'm like, yo, boys, if you guys need uh some new cleats, I know I got a hook up and stuff. But I don't ever say I'm sponsored. Maybe I did say I'm sponsored, but so sponsored, that, by that, my, sponsored by my dad's girlfriend. There. That is exactly <laughs> what was told us that like, <laughs> you were trying to be sick in first year to impress all the guys, and it just did not fly. Yeah, I didn't look good. I looked stupid. <laughs> Oh, my God. Last one for you uh, from this source, uh, Poker Nights. So, obviously, it's pretty common for boys to play poker after games or on the road, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, this dude said that you were probably, let me get this right here, uh, 0 for 20 on Team Poker, that you just did not do well, uh, and that you claimed that you were going to take everyone's money. How would you respond to that? I think I took that person's money, and that's why he's saying all this, because... <laughs> But at the beginning, I did lose some money. But now, fourth and fifth year, I'm taking everybody's money. Now you can ask around for <laughs> sure. That's that's unreal. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I guess the last questions to wrap up today. Again, Cristiano, thank you so much thank for you guys, yeah. taking the time for this. Can you guess who gave me this info? Man, with the Nike sponsored by Nike, it was for sure one of the fifth years at the time. Not Russell. He won't answer any calls for anybody. Uh, I would say... I would say Robin Whitaker. Wow, that is the, unreal. That was Robbie for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 100%. With the Nike thing, I, when you said that, I was like, that's for sure Robin. And now that you have this platform, what do you want to say about him? Do you have any ammo on him? Yeah, where, what's your best Robin story? Um, I don't have any story. That, I, I just really like the guy. He was like the same height as me, and... Me and him are both kind of tall and lanky, that's kind of. So I can call him lanky. Yeah, he's lanky because I'm lanky too. But I looked up to him a lot. He was a, just a great. I don't have any fun uh, inside stuff about him. He's just a great guy overall, and I I looked up to him a lot for sure. So I only have good things to say about. I call him Robin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Robin, a beauty for sure. Robin Witty. Yeah. yeah, that guy's a beauty. You're just too nice, Chris. Great guy. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, GoDinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the GoDinos app for schedules and tickets to all your favorite games. And if you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games are streamed on Canada West TV presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guests today and hope you'll join us in the next episode. 